1: Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Before we get started, I did want to warn you there are Emancipation spoilers ahead. So if you haven't watched Emancipation yet, pause this episode, watch Emancipation on Apple TV, and then don't forget to come back and hear the insights Gammy had to share with us.
3: Hey, y'all, hey, what's up,
2: and welcome to Let's
3: Red Table That. I'm Tracy T. Rowe.
2: And I'm Cara Presley. And boy, what a truly special episode we have today, Tracy. Hey Amen. Will
3: Smith came <laughs> to the table, bringing all three of his kids with him to talk about his new movie, Emancipation, that just came out on Apple TV. He really dug deep for this role and this Red Table Talk exclusive. And now we get to bring a Red Table Talk host who wasn't at the Red Table, so she has to come to the virtual Red Table for the recap. Welcome the one and only Gammy! <laughs> hey
2: guys, thank you for having Hi. me. Yeah, We are so excited you're here thank you so much for joining us all right well let's jump into our favorite segment it's my favorite part of the show wait what okay this is the part of the show where we reveal which moments made us pause rewind and listen again so Mm -hmm. Let's get into it. Tracy, you want to kick it off? Absolutely.
3: Since the trailer dropped, we've been told that Emancipation is not just another slave movie. Mm-hmm. And at the Red Table, Will said...
4: When the first teaser came out, his people were like, why another slave movie? And it's like, this is not a slave movie. No. This is a freedom movie.
3: I love that, because it's so mm-hmm. true. Did Emancipation feel like a freedom movie to you, Gammy?
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. It Mm. felt like a freedom movie and it felt like a history lesson. I agree. You know, it was really important for us to see the struggle and remember the resilience and power that we have as a community and a culture. And that's what I want people to see in the movie. I want them to see the power of faith that was really strong and in that movie it also helped me understand how religion is so grounded in our culture mm-hmm. that was the way we survived but it, it was yeah. really depicted so beautifully there and it was almost hard to understand you know what i mean mm-hmm. because when you're right. struggling mm-hmm. like that and going through those kinds of wow tumultuous times it's like that kind of brutality like how can you survive it so that was really powerful for me so it was faith, freedom, resilience, mm-hmm.
2: Black mm-hmm. love. Yes. Yeah.
5: Right? Family.
3: That's the undercut for me. The backstory is the Black love. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he did everything for his family.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was the being fed up. Like, we we all go through, and of course we're not dealing with that level of whew, stress. However, the moment he got fed up. And decided to retaliate. I definitely resonated with that because we all said, what if I fought back? I did this. I did Mm -hmm. that. And to see it for that time was powerful. How
3: do you feel about slave films being made today? Not emancipation, Mm -hmm. but just other slave films that are out.
2: Hey, listen, I feel
5: like it is really important, but I do understand Mm -hmm. people's resistance to it. But it mm-hmm. is part of our history. No, it is not yeah. our entire history. But it is right. the beginning, and important part of our history here in America. And we can't forget it. We cannot. Mm-hmm. Because I'm telling you, and I think even Jaden said it in the show, and I mm-hmm. say it all the time, those who forget are doomed to repeat. Repeat it. The normalization of bigotry and racism in America that is continuing today is dangerous. That part is so dangerous. And so for me, it is really important, not so much for people in my generation, but for younger people because they think it's so far removed. It is not. Very far removed. It is not. Mm -hmm. And we are living and dealing with this today. Now, I'm going to say this, and you all can cut it if you want, but this past Saturday in New York City, there was a gathering of white supremacists and white nationalists at a very fancy gathering and dinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were there to support one another and to strategize. Right. Okay. That part, and
3: that is dangerous. And It is dangerous. Very.
5: It is dangerous. Very. And we can't forget that. So we have to remember who we are and take these moments to help bring us together as a community, as a culture, Absolutely. as as a race because if we don't, we're not mm. going to survive. And if we can ever put all of that aside, all of our differences part... just within our culture aside Ugh. and come mm-hmm. together as a community and as a culture, the power that we have, baby. Man, it's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. And we are missing it. Really it. Is we are missing Mm. the importance of We are totally missing it. And young people, let me tell you, they worried about the wrong shit. Hello, Come on, Gam. Let them know. Say
3: it again. Worried about the
5: wrong stuff. It is
3: the truth. I had a conversation earlier about this, and I think Mm -hmm. that's why emancipation is right on time. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. there's so many people who are so far removed, either by time and generations, mm -hmm. but also not being exposed to it in proximity Mm -hmm. that they put themselves in a suburban environment. Right. That they don't mm-hmm. have to deal with any of the things. They're not, quote-unquote, seen as people of color or Black people, so they don't feel the true pressures that are out in society until they get mm-hmm. fully exposed. And right. then they're literally blindsided by it and don't know how to handle it. So mm-hmm. this was a phenomenal exactly. reminder for everyone.
5: And listen, it was important for the Smith family to see it, mm. okay? Because they're was. removed. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're, okay. They're removed. And they have individually had their experiences, though. Right, But right. it's important. It is just important because sometimes you get caught up in your everyday life. And if you are not subjected to it, you kind of forget what's going on for the average person. That you are part. so right. And if you're growing up black in America, or if you're living black in America, you are suffering from PTSD. Yes, indeed. Period.
3: Yes, indeed. That's a 100% fact, no
5: cap. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's important. I think that it's important that these stories continue to be told. And yes, we have so many more stories that need to be told. But Mm -hmm. trust me and believe that there were students in that room that are creatives, mm. that are future filmmakers, that are future writers and directors and cinematographers, and they need to see that and then be inspired to create other stories. Right. That's stories right. that we have to tell. We have That's to tell right. our mm-hmm. own stories. That's true. But we also have to teach our own history. We're sitting around waiting for somebody else to teach us our history. No, that's our job, it's our responsibility. In your own it, family. Yeah, you have to take true, responsibility right? for what your children are exposed to. You can't expect them to get it. If you waiting around for them to get in school, you'll be waiting a long damn time. You that will part, just
3: have, you'll die before you
5: get to exactly,
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, when Will explained how he found his character, that was empowering, I'm going to say number one, because he chose to dig deep. It
4: won't be too much work to find this character. Putting the chains on. Oh, man. As an actor, you're always trying to find a thing that makes you understand the character.
2: When those chains went on, can you imagine yes. even wearing those? And then the additional chains he shared at the table, the part that stuck out the most was when he said, who even imagines this? Right. You know? So that's why when white culture is like, oh, let's just forget about it. Let's not forget about it. No, let's talk let's about not. how you even thought about it. So yeah, exactly. Wh- what is that experience like? What do you think about those chains? Oh, man. You know, it
5: it was it was so emotional. It was so emotional and hard to sit there and watch the movie. And I think what a young lady in the audience that had a question for Will also talked about the fact that it's one thing to read it. Yes. But then to see it kind of come to life. And that's just I mean, and that was lightweight. Right. Light.
2: That Very was lightweight, lightweight
5: to what we know really was going on. That's right. That's right. I had no words. It's that heartbreaking. Yeah. When Will said they lost the key for a minute.
4: So they put it on they do it. So I'm standing there and then he goes to take it off and it doesn't work. So it's locked on and my heart jumps. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh no, oh no. So I'm sitting there, now he's running around looking for the keys and for 15 minutes I'm stuck there in the chain Mm. and my heart is pounding and I'm like, Will, do not freak, Mm. right? And I'm sitting there and then it's like, I, I got it. It's like, I'm Will Smith with people running around looking for keys and And my heart is still pounding and I'm still scared. Imagine what it was like for Peter to have that stuff on. Oh my
5: gosh.
3: I felt that anxiety and that claustrophobia and that anxiousness with him.
2: Even his piece, when he said he felt embarrassed, I feel as though he felt embarrassed to maybe even react like you, because they want you to be subdued right in these chains and not right. have any emotion. I, that's baffling to me. I hope that people really
5: watch this episode of Red Table because it's important for people to understand what goes into making a film like that. Right. And right. how deep you have to go to just to try to get close to authenticity. Right.
2: Right. right. Yes. And just so close. It, that was key.
5: Yeah, just close to authenticity. When Ben Foster was talking and Will was talking about the fact that he never spoke to him, how could it Man. be that they could work and do Ooh. scenes like that to the level that they did it and then be laughing and joking after the when, when they said cut? Exactly. exactly. What? No. no. <laughs> I, it, it, wouldn't it, have it, it wouldn't, wouldn't have worked.
3: worked. It wouldn't have worked.
5: It wouldn't have worked.
3: I think that it made it even more effective and believable that Ben Foster took the approach he did. Yes. Because he stayed so deep into his character. Mm -hmm. And if that is the antithesis of who you really are... I imagine that you have to have some constant reminder of the brutality, of the hatred, that feeds that type of character as an antagonist. And so the Wait What for me, when he talked about Ben who played that antagonist, and he was the antagonist of all antagonists in Emancipation, Mm -hmm. not knowing Will until the final shot was complete, Mm -hmm. that was powerful.
4: I'm doing my, you know, thing. I'm and the extras. Hey, thank you all very much, everybody. Blah blah blah. In my mind, I was giving my best, Will Smith, mm-hmm. and Ben just walked past me,
0: mm.
4: and didn't say nothing. I was like, oh, he must, he must not have seen me.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then for six months, he didn't speak to me. He didn't make eye contact with me, he didn't say a word, he didn't acknowledge me for six months.
3: Okay, even though it was for the film, seems like this added to how emotionally draining this production would have been for Will. I cannot imagine tapping Mm -hmm. out of the day, and like he said, he was reaching back trying to find himself and couldn't always make that connection. How does hearing some of those behind-the-scenes stories affect how you viewed the film as a whole, Gammy?
5: Oh, because there were times when they had to break from film because of weather and stuff like that. I knew what was going on, and I had those conversations with him during those break periods. And all I could do was just sit and listen. Mm. Uh, That's all I could do was just sit and listen, because I just couldn't imagine I just uh-uh. couldn't imagine putting myself in those circumstances and going back there. Like you said, right. the brutality and violence and dehumanization that was experienced during the times is just unimaginable. It's just I'm unimaginable. I'm getting a little worked up, so, like yeah. right now
3: just <laughs> us thinking about what we right. saw, let yeah. alone what our own people uh. experienced. Because there are stories that are like Peter's throughout all of our family histories, our lineage. Exactly.
5: Right? Exactly. That's the
3: hardest part about it, exactly. and we can forget about it if we want to. But it's still there. It's still Ooh. there. It does not critical race out. theory teaching or not. <laughs>
2: <That> exactly. <part. laughs> listen, we're gonna take a quick break because it's just getting juicy. So listen, but when we get back, we're gonna ask Gam all the questions we've been saving up this season. So stay tuned.
6: Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than what to do when faced with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. My name is Dana Torito, and my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, takes a closer look at Alzheimer's disease and those affected by it. Like many of you, I've experienced the disease firsthand. I've been an advocate and care partner for decades and have written extensively about the subject. Each week, I'll talk to people who've been personally affected by the disease and learn how they coped with it. Folks like TV personality, Lisa Gibbons. Action is the antidote for fear. And nurse and dementia researcher, Dr. Fayron Epps. We no longer can be
5: silent. We have to speak up. We have to share our experiences so we can help each other and learn from each other.
6: Listen to The Memory Whisper on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: We're back and let's just talk about what we all overall felt and what we thought of emancipation. Was there a scene or a moment of emancipation that really stood out to you guys? Oh my God. Pick one, right? (laughs) I can kick it off. I'm going to kick it off. One of the things that stood out for me, of course, was just the overall color of the movie. The cinematography was amazing and eliminating that color really helped me focus on the story more. So I was appreciative of that because who knew I needed that. I have so many. Do
5: you? (laughs) I have several. (laughs) I have three that are my top three. Okay. Okay.
3: You know what? Let me say this. I have felt like you have been my voice this entire season, because almost everything you've said this season, I'd be like, yep, I agree with Gam 100%. <laughs> right. I gave side eye to the person 100%. You get forever side right. eye, just like Gam gave you 100%, so you forget it. So
5: go oh, ahead and man. say your three,
3: Gam, because I think we'll probably align with this, too. Okay. Probably.
5: So one of the ones was, because I saw the film before it was totally complete. And then I went to the premiere and saw it. And this scene was not in there. And so it shocked me. And that Mm. was when Dodien put her hand into the cotton gin to maim herself. Mm. That threw me.
0: The extent
5: that Black women have to go through and the suffering. Like she maimed herself to save her family Mm because she was going to get sold away.
3: Right. To stay.
5: So it was that. The second one was when the little girl cried, runner, runner.
2: Mm-hmm. I said, who knew this is when Karens were born? This isn't any great. We laugh exactly. about it, but this is a great But it's proof that thing hate is, is taught. taught. Hate is yes. taught.
5: And hate then taught. Ben Foster's scene, again, proof that hate is taught. When they were at the campfire maybe, and he was talking yes. about the woman that cared for him. Yes. But the important thing was... His statement of, if you give them a crumb, they'll take the world. There are people that still yes. believe that to yes. this day. Today. Literally. They believe and it that's today. that's the thing. That's the yes. thing. Yeah.
3: That's the scary part. We're on the same scene. Now, you know, I didn't know about the hand. But now... The campfire scene was one of my favorites because it showed how Ben Foster's character was this loving and he knew he was being taken care of. He was being nurtured by this person. And it's like, it's something so simple as let's just share a meal together. And the dad was like, and then what?
2: No compassion at all. I don't care what what you think of her, even though she's raising you. The lack of, there's a detachment there. It was just
5: hard. Because at that moment, that was his breaking point. point. That was his mm-hmm. breaking point. That was the turning point for
2: mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And
5: the point of no
2: return. Mm-hmm. Right. At a young age. And watched her die for three days. Mm-hmm.
3: Three days. So yeah. that
2: meant you went to check. Like a part of him was like, well, let me. Well, okay. That mm-hmm. makes it
3: worse. Yeah. That makes it worse. And I can tell you that while at the campfire, of course, now, y'all know there's always going to be one who's got the same skin but not can. That's another part in that whole same scene that made me sick because I was like, now look at you. The other slave just said that you two were slaves together, and now here you are helping him. Okay, that's a whole, we can have a whole another wait, what conversation about that? We can have a whole about another conversation
5: about <laughs> that too, but that was his means of survival. Yeah. Right, that was his means of survival. As ugly as it is, and has as difficult, but he's just trying to get through. Right, you said,
3: Gammy, that watching Emancipation was emotional for you. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised at all by your reactions to it?
5: No. No. You knew I what was it was I was born about. in 1953. I lived through the civil rights. And so, mm-hmm. no, I was not surprised at how I felt. I feel the same way whenever I see one, no matter whether it's well done or poorly done. I understand yeah. the intent. Right. The seat of the soul is still the and same. What do you
3: think it means as a Black woman in America?
5: Well, I have to go back to that scene with Dodeen, but I also think about the statement that Trevor Noah made recently is that black women can't afford to sit around and find out right mm-hmm. and that and that really resonated when Dodeen maimed herself. Mm-hmm. but I also think about that Malcolm X quote from all those years ago. The black woman is the most disrespected, disrespected, the most unprotected, unprotected, the most neglected. So all of that kind of comes into my head when I'm watching the film. But once again, yeah. for me, the most important thing for us to remember is that this is part of our history. And I want it to be used as a way to bring us together and not separate us. Mm-hmm. Now, how do
3: you think that how does that happen? <laughs>
5: conversations like this? Yeah, I think it's conversations. I think it's education. I think we have to Mm. educate ourselves and try to regain some pride in who we are and what we bring to the table and who we can
2: be. It starts at home. Mm -hmm. That part. It it starts at home. That's big. And you even saw it through Peter, through Will's character, because There were several instances where he remained true to him through his kindness. And the movie opens up with him choosing to help someone that's working right alongside him. So he was able to stay himself, Peter anyway, throughout his character... We got to ask this because people are talking. What did you think of Will's accent? Did you get to hear him practice it beforehand at <laughs> all? Because we know he's <laughs> immersed in these roles.
5: I didn't. I did not get to hear him practice his accent. And mind you, I didn't know what he should sound like. I'm not mm. familiar with that accent. But my father was from Barbados. My mother was from Jamaica, and I cannot do a West Indian accent if you pay me, <laughs> right? Right, right. And my nephew speaks patois to me all the oh, time wow. just to make me laugh really? because he knows I love to hear him speak that way. But I can't uh-huh. do it. Accents and dialects are difficult and challenging. So if he didn't get it exactly like, okay, he tried and he did his best, <laughs> that is a minor situation. Right.
3: Yes, it is. You know, what I, I, I have mean? two cents to say about that, Gammy. I'm gonna just back you up here because for all of the films that I have watched and people have butchered the southern accent, yeah. I'm gonna give Will
5: a pass. Yeah. they <laughs> I mean <Yeah>. I are very, very difficult. So, so they are. Like, come on.
3: And here's the other part of it. If you don't know where he's supposed to be from, right. mm-hmm. then you don't have any familiarity with what he's supposed to sound mm-hmm. There's that.
2: I loved it. Listen. He couldn't do any wrong. The execution was stellar. There was so much more. So so, many other things to focus on Mm than whether
5: his accent was quite right. Please, right, Mm -hmm. understood. (laughs) Yeah,
6: I want to hear somebody say, (laughs) "Y'all really executed." (laughs) Right. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all, and for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than what to do when faced with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. My name is Dana Torito, and my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, takes a closer look at Alzheimer's disease and those affected by it. Like many of you, I've experienced the disease firsthand. I've been an advocate and care partner for decades and have written extensively about the subject. Each week, I'll talk to people who've been personally affected by the disease and learn how they coped with it. Folks like TV personality, Lisa Gibbons. Action is the antidote for fear. And nurse and dementia researcher, Dr. Fayron Epps. We no longer can be silent. We have to speak up. We have to
5: share our experiences so we can help each other and learn from each other.
6: Listen to The Memory Whisper on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Listen, we do want to ask you a few Red Table Talk questions that have oh, been Lord. building from the past five seasons. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. From the past five seasons of Red Table Talk. So to start, this is a good one though, because this is one of my favorite episodes, It's the very yeah. first episode of Red Table Talk. It discusses all things motherhood, okay? So, Mm. from blended families to how your mother-daughter relationships have evolved. You touched on a few of your own specific struggles and impactful moments with each other. Then it came full circle with the Mother Hunger episode this season. That was an amazing, amazing episode. What Mm -hmm. have been the most impactful discoveries that you've made on this Red Table Talk journey of introspection?
5: It's interesting because I had someone ask me this question recently of how is it that I can just gracefully sit and listen when Jada is talking about her journey and her childhood and how she felt neglected and uncared for and unprotected. And that I just, I sit and listen to it and receive it. The only thing that I can say about that is that it is part of the healing process. Uh To try to defend yourself against something like that is almost negating what the other person has experienced. That was her experience. And so me being able to listen to that, hear that, and accept it. As her truth, is important for me to understand the damage that I did, how I did it, so that I don't repeat the same mistakes. So it's part of our healing journey. And when I can sit and have compassion and grace for her, then I can have it for myself. Now, Jada would Mm -hmm. tell you that it's the other way around, that I have to have compassion Mm -hmm. for myself in order to have compassion for others. I just don't see it that way. I think Mm -hmm. that my ability to have compassion for other people then allows me to have compassion for myself because I don't know if there's anyone who's harder on themselves Mm. than I am. And I still am to this day. I still carry. People think that I am totally, completely relieved of guilt from the damage that I've done. Absolutely not. I don't know that I ever will be but I've learned to grow from it. Jada has taught me that all experiences, good and bad, help create and make you the person that you are. Absolutely, Gail. But trust me, if I could have done it, I wish I could have done it differently.
2: Understood.
3: There is no parent on the face of the earth that doesn't say that, no matter what they had to overcome in Miami. I mean, that's a fact. So I appreciate you being in the position, though, to take those experiences and learn from them and grow Mm -hmm.
5: a lot of that also is just how I was raised was how I raised Jada even though my mother obviously did not suffer from any form of addiction there Mm -hmm. was still a way that she had with us how she cared for Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. and handled us was Mm -hmm. not the tender loving way that Jada mothered her children you give as much as you can give in that
2: circumstance, you know what I mean. When you look back as a mother, and I mean, I'm a mother of a 20 year old boy. Has he taught me some things? When you look back and you just recognize, I did do my best, and then we just yeah. continue to evolve. That helps the process because, like you said, again, we all absolutely beating ourselves up or wishing and shoulding and could we have done all
3: of us. <laughs> When you welcomed Olivia J. Gianelli to the Ooh, table, yeah. you were very against it, and I was with you.
5: <laughs> your parents are going to go in, and they're going to do their 60 days, and they're going to pay their fine, and you guys will go on, and you'll be OK, and you will live your life. Right. Yeah. And there's so many of us that it is not going to be that situation. Yeah. It just makes it very difficult right now for me to care.
3: Less than a year later, Olivia got a spot on Dancing with the Stars, proving your
5: viral claim when you said, At the end of the day, I really feel like she gonna be okay. You know, and she's gonna recover whether her ass was sitting at this table or not. And you were right. <laughs> okay, so now, how do you feel about her and
3: having had her on at the table?
5: What you think? I don't feel any differently. <laughs> I don't feel. Okay. I mean, why should Come I? I knew then she was gonna be all right. She was gonna be all right whether yep. she got dancing with the stars or not. That's the thing. Right. Yep. That's yep. the yep. thing. She right. and her family were gonna be okay. Be fine. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. grace and that ability to move forward with almost a clean slate is not something mm-hmm. that most African Americans are given. We're not given we the not. same forgiveness, the same grace. When we make our mistakes, that some of those things we take to the grave. Literally. And even from our own. Oh, yeah. Not just from, you know, but even within the community. I was going to say, even when your peers are at the top, you know, we can be very judgmental and unforgiving. 100%.
3: Pookie and Poke Chop didn't get the nickname Pookie and Poke Chop for no reason. (laughs) Exactly.
5: (laughs) So I don't, so at the end of the day, I don't feel any differently about Olivia, but that is the point of the Red Table. You know what I mean? If we all agree with everything, then what's the conversation? Mm -hmm. That's true.
3: I was with you 100% though. I was like, okay, the last thing this girl needs is a doggone platform, but
2: okay. And not a platform from black women. You know, like, uh, really? Listen, well, that's the thing. If she had it, we could only have our platform with the other women as well, Mm -hmm. any other women. Like, I I don't think it's it's not wrong that she got a new start. Well, absolutely not. Right. She just didn't need our help to do it. Right. But it's all good. (laughs)
3: Black women are tired of saving the world. Hello. Hello.
2: Yeah. Come on.
3: It is all
5: good. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah. She's not the only one that came on there that I didn't think should be on there. And don't be asking me who else because I'm not doing that. (laughs)
3: I wasn't going there. I was not going there. Although you did tease it up just right. Nope. Listeners don't want to know. Tune in next time for
2: more tea with Gammy. And she ain't spilling it, okay? Listen, Gammy, about a year ago, I got to ask you what your favorite role of Jada's is. We know you're proud of Jada. Do you have a favorite role she played? God. Go ahead, Cam. Peaches.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what I want to know now is—is is Peaches still your answer? And secondly, what made you so confident that Jada would succeed in Hollywood?
5: Okay. Yes, it is still Peaches. <laughs> Because I think that Jada just is such a great... I love to see her in comedy. I love to see her in comedy. And I'm I'm her biggest fan. So I love everything that she's done. Girls Trip, Jason's lyrics, Set It Off, you name it, I love it. But (laughs) I also have to say that I think one of the proudest things when it comes to her career is actually Red Table Talk because I know how important that was to her and to share her journey of healing and recovery with the world. And it was something that, like, it started out for just the three of us, for Jada, uh-huh. Willow, and I, and then expanded out into the world and a community.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, OGs and everything. Yeah, just, just, what, just what it's <laughs> right. brought
5: to the world, just being able to open up conversation like that, I think was really important work. So I am hugely proud to be a part of that. Someone came to me The
3: other day and said, I just want you to know, I know you're connected to Red Table Talk and I keep a notebook and the growth that I've had from watching Mm. those episodes has helped me. And I've been able to take what I've learned and shared with my sisters and we've gone through such tremendous healing. So, no, it matters. Absolutely. It really matters. It
2: definitely does. It's changed my life, if you haven't noticed. I love (laughs) Red Table Talk. Always will. It's just... That was the first space, building a community online, where I had a voice when I didn't have a voice with my employer, where I was that only black person in the workplace. And I just was able to connect with my women, mm-hmm. was able to connect it's with important. my tribe. It's, it's helped me tremendously and I thank you, Yami. Thank you, everybody. Yes.
3: There's so much more yes. we could talk about because, I mean, we have you here like we want to keep you but we know <laughs> we that just there's... We want you to come back. We want you to come <laughs> back is what we want you to do so we <laughs> yeah. won't keep you this time. Definitely. So we want to thank you.
5: Thank you for having me on. I was glad to be here. Glad to have this conversation particularly about emancipation which is
3: yes, such yes. an
5: important film and I hope people can go and see it and be open minded, and it's about the message. It's about the message, and it's not a black
3: film. No, it's a film about history, yes, that, yes. and things that happened to black people, American. But it's history. not a black film. Right. Everyone should see Emancipation. Everyone. Yes, yes. Thank you, Gam. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us and coming to our virtual red
5: table. Thank you, and just reminding people that they can see Emancipation on Apple TV. That's yes. right, right. It's, go watch it's streaming it now. And if you're smart,
3: you'll go to Will's IG page and get a special promotion right. that's going yes. along with
2: Apple TV to get two it months for free. Two, months for, two free. months
3: for free. Can't beat that. Thank you so much, Gammy. All right.
2: Thank you, guys. We want to know how you're feeling about this new season of Red Table Talk. We are open to talk about anything with you. So please send in your questions at Let's Red Table That at Red Table Talk. Dot com. Or there's another option. Leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash Let's Red Table That.
3: Yes, we want to hear your voice. Thank you so much for listening to us. We want you to make sure that you subscribe on iHeartRadio app and please rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Y'all know we want to 5 We'll be back next week for another episode of Let's Red Table That. Special thanks to executive producers, Jada Pinkett-Smith,
2: Fallon Jethro, and
3: Ellen Rakuten.
2: Thank you to our producer, Kyla Keneiru, and our associate producer, Yolanda Chow. And finally, thanks to our sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar. Hey, let's red table that. Hey, let's let's red table that.
3: Hey. Hey!
6: Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother Jonah.
3: And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like Change.Dork. Change.Dork. And congratulations, you played yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself.
6: Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.